everybody. I hope you had an awesome day today and that it was fun and that you did some stuff that you've been wanting to do. Um, since it was a pretty day today. Um, okay, so our special lesson tonight is going to be the Last Supper and Good Friday. What happened during that time? Now, last the Last Supper happened um, Thursday. Uh, that's when it happened, and then um, Jesus is, gets put on trial, and then his crucifixion is what takes place on Good Friday. Um, so, we'll start off with Last Supper. Let's find out what happened there. Now, we've talked about it before. So, Jesus has had his triumphant entry. He's um, gone and cleared out the temple. He already knows. Uh, he, Jesus knows that there's a plot uh, to kill him. Uh, he already knows that Judas has agreed to betray him. He, he's foretold his death. Um, and now he's celebrating Passover. Um, so, uh, going to Luke 22, verse 7. Um, we find that now the festival of unleavened bread arrived. When the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, Go prepare the Passover meal so we can eat together. Um, they ask Jesus where do they prepare it, and Jesus tells them that they'll find a man carrying a pitcher of water and uh, to follow him at the house he enters and say to the owner that the teacher needs a room there for the Passover feast. And they go upstairs and they start to share uh, in the Passover meal. Well, during this meal, this is where, you know, we practice the Lord's Supper. Uh, where we, um, at our church, we do little grape juice and the cracker. And the grape juice, some people use wine, but we use grape juice, uh, represents Jesus' blood that he shed on the cross. And the cracker, which some people use bread, um, represents Jesus' body, which was broken for us by the actions he did on Good Friday. Um, now, at some point during this meal, the disciples start to argue <laughs> um, about who is... Uh, the best disciple basically and um, as they begin to argue Jesus comes and he says to them in verse 25 of chapter 22 in Luke Jesus told them in the world the kings and great men lorded over their people yet they are called friends of the people but among you it will be different those who are greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here, for I am among you as one who serves. You have stayed with me in my time of trial, 
And just as my father has granted me a kingdom, I now grant you your, you the right to eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. This is um, him going into about what's about to happen. That salvation's about to happen. And he's saying that we are supposed to be servants as he was. Um, but they need to stop arguing. <laughs> um then during this time, Jesus uh, washes the disciples' feet. And we've talked about this before. Um, we'll read it now is um, just a little bit. So you, we're going to go to John chapter 13, starting with verse 1. Okay, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything... And that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel he had with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to the Lord, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, Unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, Then, then wash my hands, my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, A person who is bathed all over does not need to wash, except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is when he that is what he meant when he said, Not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I am doing? You call me teacher and Lord, you are right, because that's what I am. And since I am your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. I am not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen, but this fulfills the scripture that says, The one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me. Anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. Now, the messenger right here that he's referring to is the Holy Spirit, who is to come um, after. 
So Jesus is is washing the disciples' feet. It, it's an act of service. It shows what he's about to do. That he's come to the world to save the world. Um, so after this, um, and Jesus predicts his betrayal um, from Judas. And then he also predicts Peter's denial, where Peter denies that he knows Christ during uh, Jesus' trial. Um, and then Peter realizes what he's done. Because we're all like Peter. We all have uh, trouble when, when stuff happens. We, we forget who God is and we're focused more on ourselves and during that time Peter was afraid that he would be arrested too which he would have been and uh, and killed as well he was more worried about himself than about serving Jesus and so um, that's why that that's in there but now we're gonna go to what happens after uh, this uh, he he spends some time with the disciples and they're talking and he's teaching and everything and then at some point um, Jesus wants to go pray so we're gonna go back to Luke 22 starting in verse 39 then accompanied by the disciples Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives there he told them, pray that you will not give into temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Um, as he's praying, at some point, uh, he, Judas and the guards that the Sanhedrin... Uh, send out come forward and uh, Jesus is betrayed now uh, we'll talk about what Jesus talked about with the disciples um, after he washed their feet and stuff more on Easter because that, that's going to portray more towards Easter uh, but we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to sum up his trial and then we'll talk about the most important thing that happened on Good Friday. So Jesus is betrayed and arrested. We're still in Luke chapter 22, but we're going to go to verse 47 now. But even as Jesus said this, he was telling his disciples to get up and pray. A crowd approached, led by Judas, one of the twelve disciples. Judas walked over to Jesus to greet him with a kiss. But Jesus said, Judas, would you portray the Son of Man with a kiss? When the other disciples saw what was about to happen, they exclaimed, Lord, should we fight? We brought the swords, and one of them struck at the high priest's slave, slashing off his right ear. But Jesus said, no, more of this. No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. 
Then Jesus spoke to the leading priest, the captains of the temple guard, and the elders who had come to him. I am, some, am I some dangerous revolutionary, he asked, that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there every day. But this is your moment, the time when the power of the darkness reigns. So they arrest him and led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. The disciples at this time, they, they ran in, in fear. And so a um, few disciples, Peter follows for a little bit during the trial. And John... Uh, follows with uh, Jesus' mother Mary and Mary Magdalene throughout the whole trial. And we see them at the crucifixion. We don't see Peter because uh, this is after the Peter has denied Christ and he gets under his pity tree. So Jesus... is taken and all night long he he's asked questions he's taken before several people he's taken before the priest he's and people stand on uh the podium and lie he's taken before herod uh, and then he's taken before Pilate. and that that's where We'll we'll start right right there. We're gonna go to John chapter eighteen, uh, verse twenty eight. Jesus' trial before uh, Capius ended in the early hours of the morning. Then he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't go inside because it would defile them, and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate the Passover. So Pilate, the governor, went out to them and asked, What is your charge against this man? We wouldn't have handed him over to you if he weren't a criminal, they retorted. Then take him away and judge him by your own law, Pilate told him. Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone, the Jewish leaders replied. This fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die. When... Pilate went back to his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked him. Jesus replied, Is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, So you are a king. Jesus responded, You say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize what I say is true. What is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, He is not guilty of any crime. But you have a custom of asking me to release one prisoner each year at Passover. Would you like me to release this 
king of the Jews. But they shouted back, No, not this man. We want Barabbas. Barabbas was a revolutionary. Um, he was also um, guilty of several other crimes. And they'd rather have an actual criminal free than Jesus, who was not guilty of anything. So now we're going to chapter 19, starting with verse 1. And um, this is where it gets... Where what's happening on Good Friday. So, then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip. The soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put a purple robe on him. Hail the king of the Jews, they mocked as they slapped him across the face. Pilate went out again and said to the people, I am going to bring him out to you now, but understand clearly that I find him not guilty. Then Jesus... Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and purple robe, and Pilate said, Look, here is the man. When they saw him, the leading priests and temple guards began shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! Take him yourselves and crucify him, Pilate said. I find him not guilty. The Jewish leaders replied, By our law he ought to die because he called himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was more frightened than ever. He took Jesus back into the headquarters again and asked him, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Why don't you talk to me? Pilate demanded. Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or crucify you? Then Jesus said, You have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Then Pilate tried to release him, but the Jewish leaders shouted, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself a king is a rebel against Caesar. When they said this, Pilate thought Jesus ought, brought Jesus out to them again. Then Pilate sat down on the judgment seat on the platform that is called the stone pavement. It was now about noon on the day of preparation for the Passover. And Pilate said to the people, Look, here is your king. Away with him, they yelled. Away with him, crucify him. What? Crucify your king? Pilate asked. We had no king but Caesar, the leading priests shouted back. And Pilate turned to Jesus over to them to be crucified. At this point, Jesus has already been beaten bloody. They've slapped him. They've mocked him. They've pulled out his beard. They've shoved thorns on his head. He's already barely able to stand. Bleeding. Um... And now they've sentenced him to be crucified. At this time in Rome, this was a popular way to 
uh, do away with their biggest criminals. And it was a, a spec, uh, a spectacle. Um, after his trial, Jesus was taken up on a hill and, uh, the reason why is they, the Romans, criminals there, and they made it a point to find a high place or on a roadside where people could see what was happening. So they would be warned not to disobey the laws themselves. They condemned the condemned would have a labeled place on their cross to let the world know what wrongs they had committed. Uh, and uh, each type of cross also represented different things. Um, Jesus' cross because they were seeing that he was calling himself king and there was no other king than Caesar uh, was a, a T a little T for grand treason um, so now now let's get to the crucifixion uh, John chapter 19 uh, starting with verse uh, the rest of verse 16 so they took Jesus away Carrying the cross by himself, he went to the place called the place of the skull. And we know, uh, pausing here, we know at some point, John doesn't put it, but I think Luke does, that at some point the cross got so heavy because the walk was so long that Jesus needed help and they pulled a man out to, to help him get the, the cross up the hill. Uh, so, once they got him up on the hill, um, Golgotha, verse 18, they nailed him to the cross. Two others were crucified with him, one on either side with Jesus between them. And Pilate posted a sign on the cross that read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And remember, I, I said they put up a sign above them to say what their crimes were. And that's why the sign was put up on on Jesus' cross. The place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek so that many people could read it. Then the leading priests objected and said to Pilate, Change it from the king of the Jews to say, He says, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate replied, No. What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they divided his clothes among the four of them. They also took his robe, but it was seamless, woven in on one piece from a top button. So they said, rather than tear it apart, let's throw dice for it. This fulfilled the scripture that said the divided garments among themselves and threw dice for my clothing. So this is what they did. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. 
When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, which was John, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, the disciple took her into his own home. Because at this point, Joseph had already died. Mary was widowed. And it was always the oldest son's job to take care of his mother. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fill the scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there. So they soaked a sponge in it and put it on a hippus branch and held it to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. It was the day of preparation. The Jewish leaders did not want the bodies hanging there the next day, which was the Sabbath and a very special Sabbath because it was the Passover. So they asked Pilate to hasten their deaths by ordering that their legs be broken. Then their bodies could be taken down. Um, Before this happened... And Luke, the thieves beside Jesus, one on the left and one on the right, um, began, uh, one began mocking Jesus, saying, if you're king of the, the Jews, uh, it, and uh, was mocking him and, and everything. And the other one next to him uh, says, told the other one to stop that don't you see who this man really is that he is the Messiah and uh, Jesus turned to him and said today you will be in paradise with me Uh, and then shortly after this after hours um, this is when the priest decided to quicken the process so the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men crucified with Jesus But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. Jesus had already said it is finished and had released his spirit. So they didn't break his legs. One of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water flowed out. This report is from an eyewitness giving an accurate account. He speaks the truth so that you can also believe that this is what John is saying. Uh... These things happen in fulfillment of the scriptures that say not one of his bones will be broken and they will look on they will look on the one they pierced. Okay. So Jesus has died on the cross and they have pierced his side and he has shed every drop of blood that was in his body and that was meant for everyone all over the world it was meant for the people there at then and it was meant for the people in the future it was meant for us every drop of blood it was the perfect sacrifice um, now going to verse 38 Jesus' burial. Afterwards, Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus because he feared 
the Jewish leaders asked Pilate for permission to take down Jesus' body. When Pilate gave permission, Joseph came and took the body away. With him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus in the night, and Jesus had explained uh, salvation to him. He brought around 75 pounds of perfume ointment made from myrrh and aloes. Following Jewish, Jewish burial customs, they wrapped Jesus' body um, with the spices and long sheets of linen cloth. The place of cru crucifixion was near a garden where there was a new tomb never used before. And so, because it was the day of preparation for the Jewish Passover, and since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Okay, so we're going to... So, um, for clarification, in... We're going to explain why the criminals had their legs broken. See, the Jews had specific rules of how to celebrate the Sabbath, and they had to prepare for it before sunset. Ironically, in order to practice their religious obligations, they wanted to hurry the execution process. By breaking the legs of a crucifixion victim, death would become more quickly since the person could not push up to breathe. However... Jesus was already dead. To make sure of this, one of the soldiers jabbed him with a spear. Um, so, Christ died. He endured agony, agony, agony and suffering and at last died. His body was taken off of the cross and they placed his body in a borrowed tomb. And a huge stone was rolled over the entrance to prevent anyone from getting inside because they were afraid that Jesus' followers would come and steal the body. And it was sealed um, with a uh, royal seal. So if anyone broke that, they could uh, be arrested. So that's it, isn't it? Death. Defeat. No hope. But we know that's not the end. We know that's not the end of Jesus' story. We know that what happens on the third day. So we know that tomorrow, basically all day Saturday, Jesus stays in the tomb. But on the third day, we know what happens. And we're going to talk about that in the next podcast. I know this podcast went a, a little longer than I, I wanted, and I'm sorry I got a little emotional there, but um, just thinking about all what Jesus had to endure for us, it's amazing that he went through that. He, he had the power to stop it. He could have said, nope, that's it. God, call me home, and angels would have been at his side in a second, and he wouldn't have had to do that, but he loved us. Like John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus knew what he had to do. And in the garden, he, uh, 
if you read about what he prays to God in the garden about, he's even scared. He knows what he's about to go through, and he knows it's not going to be pleasant. He knows it's going to be painful. So if you would like more detail in that, I would go to the Gospels, because all four Gospels talk about the crucifixion. And you can get you some more detail. Um, this is the most amazing gift anyone could give anyone to lay their lay down their own life. And Jesus didn't just lay down his life for one person. He, he would have gladly done it. But he laid down his whole life for the world. For the people then and for the people now. For all of history. From, from then and for all the future, for for the people that come after us. Um, it's just amazing. So if you have any questions about the crucifixion, feel free to message our Facebook page. If you have any prayer requests, feel free to message the Chiha Baptist Facebook page. Um, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. We're going to pray to dismiss. And... Then uh, I will have another podcast on Sunday. And then after that, we'll go to a more regular schedule. This was just the special Easter podcasts. But, okay. So, everybody close your eyes and bow your heads. Okay. Dear Lord, just thank you for today. And thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for everything that you put yourself through. To show us your love, dear Lord, all, all the pain and the suffering you went through, just to be the perfect sacrifice, to offer the world salvation, so that as long as we accept you and believe in you, that when we die and release our spirits, that our spirits can be with you for eternity in heaven. Um, dear Lord, we want to pray for the world right now. Um, with this virus, dear Lord, we just ask that you you touch people and heal them in whatever way you see fit and just help our nation, um, help all the people who are out of work right now and their families, um, and just help this weekend. We know there's severe weather coming in uh, here in Alabama. Uh, just help keep us safe and prepared and listening for you, dear Lord. Thank you again for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, babies. I love y'all. I miss y'all. And hopefully I'll get to see you soon. Hopefully this quarantine ends soon. But um, I will have a special story time podcast tomorrow. But anyway, Miss Bree loves y'all. Bye.